Good morning, America. <laughs> Welcome to the Primal Lifestyle Podcast with Jay Campbell. The Primal Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Onnit is a health and fitness juggernaut dedicated to delivering total human optimization to its vast customer base of athletes, thinkers, fitness gurus, and entrepreneurs. Through a wide array of products and supplements, Onnit combines cutting-edge science, earth-grown nutrients, and time-tested strategies to help people reach peak performance. Whether you're climbing mountains, or biking down them, building businesses, or closing sales, chasing PRs in a weight room, or running a marathon, Onnit is the brand you want in your back pocket. As one of the fastest health and fitness companies in the world, Onnit refuses to bring anything but the very best to the market. Whether that be energy bars, protein shakes, creatine, or their flagship product, Alpha Brain, Onnit's diverse lineup of products and supplements are backed by cutting-edge science and research. Cool thing about Onnit is you can save up to 10% by visiting our affiliation link at primaljedi.com slash Onnit and save your 10% by using coupon code JEDI at checkout. That's J-E-D-I at checkout. So this was awesome. I got to have one of um, one of my um, uh, podcast heroes over my house today and um, do a little bit of recording. Uh, his name is Emilio Sparks. He's the host of... A uh, very popular wrestling and hip hop podcast called Wrestle Rap. He also hosts the Emilio Sparks Experience, um, his uh, his solo show. He's uh, he's a longtime DJ, a longtime um, radio guy. He gets into that um, throughout our conversation, and he's awesome. From the moment we started talking, you could just tell this was a dude that's um, that's built for radio and podcasting. So um, it's got. A great voice for it, and he's a wealth of knowledge as well on a whole bunch of different subjects. So we dive a little bit into his uh, diet, which is um, primarily plant-based, or he calls it a chicken diet because it's basically vegan. But um, if he eats chicken once every couple months, it's uh, he he doesn't feel too bad about it. But uh, he's a, he's a cool dude, man. Um, he hooked me up with uh, uh, kind of getting this whole show put together, which was big because when I first got into um, Wanting to make a podcast, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I um, I kind of was just like, oh, I guess you just kind of scream at your laptop and press upload and boom, you get listeners. Evidently, that's not the case. You need some uh, some equipment. I didn't want it to sound like crap, so I wanted to get some decent microphones, some uh, decent software, and all that good stuff. So um, I think I got it. Hopefully, this sounds uh, this comes out sounding as professional as uh, it can be, and um. I owe a great deal of that to Emilio helping me out. So this is me and him talking for a little bit. Again, this is the Primal Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you for checking it out. Enjoy. So we did it. This is it. We're going? Yeah, hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. So this is all the stuff that you told me to get. Yes. Pretty much. Is there anything I'm missing? No. No. Not at all. I got it all cool. Yeah. Microphones, recorder, computer. Editing software, USB, headphones. Yeah, it looks legit. A snazzy outfit that you wear. Oh, it's just sweatpants, man. Thank you, though. Nah, listen, dude. You were like, hey, I want to do a podcast. I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah, you got me pumped up for it, man. Well, I want to have you on first before I had anybody else because, A, out of respect because you taught me. Oh, stop. You, you showed me all this stuff. <laughs> and um, uh, B, you've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reached number one. On the iTunes Top 200 in music Fuck for a. a podcast entitled Rassle Rap. 
Yeah, I, I checked that out a couple of times, man. Yeah. It's funny. It's just yeah, thanks, man. We try to keep it funny and light and I don't know, just cool. I'll tell you what, like from my podcasting experiences, from one podcaster to another, here's what you gotta have. And this is what I've learned. You gotta have heart and tone. Like if you're not gonna be nice like you could be critical of things, but you have sure. to have heart and tone where people wanna come back always. Because if you're a dick and you're kinda cynical it doesn't create a relaxed atmosphere where people want to come back and come be drawn to you every time. Right. So if you keep it heart and you have a tone to what you want to say, people will always come back. Familiarity breeds content. And when people are content with your work and they're happy with your work, they'll always come back. Sure. That's, like that's, that's the big thing for me. Consistency is key. But doing it in a way that is digestible. Like anybody can come on and, and slang hate speech. Sure. But not everybody can come on and actually go in depth about something and come from a perspective of honesty and realism and truth. Now, whatever that truth is will probably be different from you or I or fiance or whoever listening to this. But there's always that one common denominator when you're speaking. If you're speaking honestly, people will listen. Right. So that's what I've How long have you been doing this for? Uh, What? Radio or just podcasting? How long have you been speaking and... Okay, I've been doing radio. Yeah, tell me your story, because I, I I know I was I, I was on um one of your shows years ago. Yeah, we talked about this a bunch of times. It was it was literally about a decade ago. I looked totally different. I, I was didn't in a band know it was time. you though. Yeah, no, I I didn't know it was me either, man. I had no idea. I was like, wait a minute, this kid looks familiar. <laughs> no, as soon as I seen you at the gym, I knew it popped in my head. I'm like, I, yeah. I know him from somewhere. It took me like ten minutes to figure it out, <laughs> but um, and and that was a minute ago. So I know you've been doing at least a decade. You've been you've been into audio. Yeah. I don't know if you want to call it engineering or whatever. performance or whatever the yeah, hell whatever. it is. So it's spoken some... word. Yeah, I've been, cool, man. I've been doing radio professionally since I'm 18. Dang. And how I'm old are you now? 35. You look good for 35, man. Thanks. Thank you. Vegan diet, bro. <laughs> yeah, I want to get into that too, man. I got to get into that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, So I've been doing radio professionally since I'm 18. And it, the first thing that I got into was listening to two shock jocks from WNEW, Opie and Anthony. What's a shock jock? Shock jock would be like Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony. Okay. Or like, you know, those guys or those girls that would say something like really jarring to get people's attention yeah like you know like i don't know if you were a big howard stern kid growing up i've seen private parts okay so that's what it pretty much that's was kind of that's, the of it. that's shock jock or if you're okay. like a rush limbaugh or a don imus you're saying things that may or may not be deemed um controversial or however you want to use your speech you know what i mean right so i fell into that i was like oh my god these guys are over here talking about boobs drinking beer, playing music, <laughs> living life, living life. And what got me was yeah. they originally were just talking about Monday night raw when stone cold, Steve Austin was like the dude yeah. and they weren't really wrestling fans, but they were just talking about how insane wrestling has become from when they were kids. Sure. And I was hooked on that. And then I listened the next day and I listened the next day. I didn't know what station it was because I wasn't really paying attention to the call letters. So I made sure that my Sony boombox was always on this station because I didn't want to miss these guys. And then, you know, because this was before Google, so you really couldn't Google anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then they were talking about the Whip It Out Wednesday with the boobies. Like, you have a WoW sticker on your car. Chicks will show you boobies. So as I was getting older and I was ready to drive, I made sure I had a WoW sticker to make sure I saw some boobies. And uh, so that was that. And that, that was that whole thing. And I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to speak on a radio 
and I want to have it, I want to make it sound like it's always a good time. Sweet, that man. Was it. So that was always a dream of yours. Yeah, there was nothing else. Wow, there was nothing else. Wow, that's cool, man. Absolutely not. I've wanted to do this since I was twelve. I broke my arm. I had to get reconstructive surgery. I have two steel plates in my arm. And that was the summer that I fell in love with an inanimate object just as the radio. Sure. It's like, the, to me, it's like the last pure thing in the world that's an intimate relationship between you and an inanimate object. Because you're listening to yeah. somebody speak. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they look like. All you're going off of is their voice. Right. So to me, I fell in love with that. And I was like, I want it. I can see why I'm having fun with it so far, man. Yeah. I've just had a couple of my buddies through. But, uh, you know, we kind of bullshit. I was going to do... I had a, an idea to call it the Primal Fitness Podcast, right? And I wanted to have uh, based totally around health, wellness, fitness. So I started coming out with a list of people that I know personally because I, I would like to try to do as many in-person um, recordings as possible. I don't really want to be Skyping people. It's kind of indirect and, and whatnot. I will. You know, there's a bunch of people that, that I want to talk to that way as well and I think are interesting enough to, to chop it up with. But as I started kind of writing down a list, I started thinking of all these interesting people that I know, um, photographers, artists, chefs, uh, skaters, singers, poets, whatever the fuck. So I ended up going a totally different direction with it. And I'm calling it the primal lifestyle podcast instead of directing it towards fitness. Yeah. It's, it's cool, man. It opens up the doors a little bit. It kind of makes it a little bit more um, accessible and it, it gives me that, gives me that kind of freedom well you're not putting yourself in a box right like i feel like if you were to just say it's a fitness podcast well then right it's just has to be this one thing yeah but you're creating a lifestyle now the stuff that i read your blog and it's great and it's a fitness blog but it has to do with the lifestyle and that's the thing that i think is changing when it comes to working out and dieting and you know just overall health and well-being sure you're creating a lifestyle for it now. And you know, listen, you're a musician. Staten Island has a bunch of talented people. The world has a bunch of talented people who all have a story. And it all connects because, listen, we're all getting hip. We all want to, like, it's different from how our parents were and how our grandparents were. They really didn't take great care of themselves. But as, you know, because we're millennials and as we get older, we're really into a different type of lifestyle where it's more health conscious. And that yeah. comes with overall everything, your mentality, what you do for a living, just happiness in general. It's a lifestyle. Sure. Well, that's where my focus is. That's still what I'm what I'm most interested in, uh, living optimally, uh, trying to figure out the best uh, best ways for whether it's anti-aging or just general fitness or um, especially like, uh, you know, I, I'm still working in Staten Island Muay Thai. So most of the people that I train with are martial artists and that's a grueling sport. That could be a sport that can wreck your joints. It can age you very quickly if you're not very careful. So for whatever reason, when I got into that, I was like, this is awesome. But you kind of slowly start to feel your body break down a little bit. And those, you know, two a day sessions, five times a week start to really wear on you really quickly. And how old are you? 29. And at 29, you started to feel this. Yeah, when I wasn't taking care of myself the yeah. way I was, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you feel it. I mean, you know, you're going to feel sore. You know, oh, the days of sparring. And, oh, it beat me yeah. down. And I'm... Way older than you. Like, Not way older. I mean, in dog years compared to my joints to your yeah. joints, you know, and you do a, a physically labored job too. It's physically intensive yeah. what you do. So your body's more even, or less. Your body's even beat to shit even more. Yeah. I get to sit down and, and talk like, but you know, at, at when did I start Muay Thai? Man? 
33? Yeah. I was already coming in there old as shit. You know what I mean? No, Not, you killed it though, man. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to come back, but right now, like, you know, I got a couple of other nagging injuries from it that yeah. when I went and got checked well, out. Well, I, I still like, see you. Back. I see you on social media. I still, you see, you're still doing your thing. Yeah. I still see you lifting weights and, and, and doing your thing. I thought right. I got too thin. Yeah, you but weren't I don't thin know for a while, that, I don't know if that was. Well, for, for Muay Thai, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that you started to get, um, not frail, but definitely thin. I felt good. I, I saw when you, when you, um total difference from when you were just doing Muay Thai to when we started training together and yeah. you started doing a little bit of weight training. Yeah. Big difference. Are you still doing the vegan diet? I like to call myself a Cheegan now. A Cheegan? Yeah. Explain. Sometimes I eat some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not vegan. No. Um, but, but you stick with mostly a plant-based um a If plant-based, I eat uh, a vegetable regimen. once a month. No. No. If I eat a piece of chicken once a month, that's a lot. But okay. mostly it's predominantly plant-based. So no beef, no I fish. Ha- I'm allergic to fish, so no. Really? Yeah. Well, it came from it came from a life change cuz I had I developed onset food allergies once I turned 30. Hmm. Now, I was doing this whole thing where I got to lift weights, got to eat, got to get big, 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 bro. Big, 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 <laughs> you know, Five meals a day, you know, like doing all that, lifting all this crazy heavy weight and just, just looking very blocky and I didn't like it. And, uh, the owner of my gym, who's a competitive bodybuilder said, you look like shit. You gotta, you, gotta, you look like shit. So I was like, all right, listen, I'm interested cause you know, that's when I started to see Stanley Muay Thai come on my social media feed. And I was like, listen, I think I'm going to do this. And he's like, yeah, go for it. You'll probably lean out and, you know, it gives you something else just because he's a big fitness enthusiast. So I was like, yeah, go try it. And I, I came and I saw Coach Scotto and I was like, all right, this is how much I weigh. I was 195 at the time. I was skinny fat, as I like to call it. Right. And he was like, well, you, you should get down because I guess the first, the second day we was like sparring or whatever. And I got lit up, lit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? First off, I never did anything physical like that in the first place. I, the reason why I broke my arm, as I stated in the beginning, was I did jujitsu and karate as a kid and I broke. I broke it doing that. So there was kind of like this weird like PTSD about it where I was afraid sure. to do anything physical outside of just touching weights because weights were just... Yeah, you see that a lot with people. Don't touch me. Right. Weights are my own thing. Like I'm good with that. Like yeah. I can... It's by myself. It's a controlled atmosphere. I don't like it. I can stop. Sure. But this was a completely different beast. But I also knew that I had to get over that fear of doing... Of not doing anything physical. And... You know, I am a UFC fan. I am a combat sports fan. I like kickboxing. So I was like, damn, I never want to compete, but I want to, you know, I travel late at night for work and my commute is late, sometimes four, five, six o'clock in the morning. And, you know, something pops off. I want to be able to kick somebody in the chest. <laughs> they got to go down. You know what I mean? But more of a self-defense thing. But most of all, it was more of a self-discipline thing to get over a fear that I had. I had a fear of being touched. I didn't want nobody to touch me. Like in any physical act, like, no, please, this is my space. This is your, please don't touch me. And I, I couldn't get over that. And I would always flash back to the time when I would break my arm if I wanted to do something daring. Like I chickened out doing skateboarding and rollerblading. I was into that for a little while. And I made sure that I wore just on the arm alone, just whatever protective padding I can find. Even I would cut foam and just wrap my arms 
you know, just to make sure, because I did not want to go through two steel plate surgeries again, because that's what I had. So when I came there, I was kind of, I was freaking out, man. Did something happen to bring you to that? Because that takes balls. A lot of people, most people that I meet that join the gym, um, you know, a a small percent want to get into it to compete. They want to learn how to fight and they are Conor McGregor fans. They want to come in, they want to fight in MMA or they want to fight Muay Thai or or learn jiu-jitsu, whatever. Um, You get people who um, are in like this uh, weird kind of like rut and they just want to learn something. They want to meet new people and stay active. You get people who majority, I would say, come in because they want to lose weight and get in shape and stuff like that. You very rarely see people come in who are like, overcoming a fear like you know like like this is an obstacle i i don't like being touched i need to know how to defend myself and and they jump in like that did something happen to bring you to that or you were just like that was something that you always kind of had going on and and something you wanted to get over and get in and train well no i never had any type of emotional trauma i guess breaking my arm because the way i did it was in a combat sport i was learning a sport i was trusting my body to somebody else when it wasn't my own doing if it, it wasn't my own controlled atmosphere. So I think that was the, the antitrust. Like there was definite trust issues because I did not want to be touched after that. So I was like, okay, I got to get over this because this is something I want to do. With it. I, I'm interested in doing. Gotta understand something. My dad's a black belt in karate and jujitsu. My grandfather was inducted into the World Martial Arts Hall of Fame. My grandfather's inducted into the Black Belt Hall of Fame. Yeah, like my Uncle Patrick as well. You know, he's a fifth degree Black Belt. Now he does Gong Fu. So it's like, it was in the blood, but I never wanted to do it to compete on a physical level. You know what I mean? I'm not a competitive person when it comes to physical activities. I'm a competitive person when it comes to my work and my creation. Yeah, that's when I get like, nah, I'm good at what I do. Where, where, nah, you ain't better than me. But when it comes to, I feel like physical fitness and all of this stuff, this is a realm. This is not my realm. So I got to learn. So ego goes out the door. So I just knew like, okay, I need more structure. I need more discipline. And I feel like if I can, can do this, I can do anything. And I was so afraid that if it wasn't just lifting things up and putting things down, that I just couldn't overcome this fear. And one day I want kids and I want my kids to not feel a fear of, you're going to break something again. Bad. Yeah. And then you're going to be laid up. And then you're going to have to go for physical therapy. And you're going to have to figure out how to reuse your arm again. I don't want none of that. I don't want that. I, I don't want that for my kids. So I was like, all right, I got to get over this for myself first. So that way, if I do want to push my kids into anything that they want to do, that leads to something like baseball, basketball, football, hockey, Muay Thai, whatever. I won't be having a goddamn panic attack. When they're doing it. Because that's what happened. But I, I had a panic attack at the school. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. At the gym, I had a panic attack. Well, sparring? Yeah, I ran into the bathroom. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I excused myself between rounds. And, uh, yeah, I was I was in there for like a good two minutes. I did what's called dragon breath. <laughs> like, I breathe, I, I was breathing like a dragon. <sighs> like breathing out like how a dragon would spit out fire. Have you heard of uh, Wim Hof breathing? No. It's really cool. It's like um, Wim Hof's a crazy man. He's uh, I don't want to I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, no, no, please. He's um, 
he holds records for the longest amount of time spent submerged in cold water. So oh, that like, guy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He has this really cool breathing method that um, I don't know exactly what it manipulates. I don't know if it's um, if it if it manipulates uh, your blood pressure or your nervous system or, or exactly what it does. But I was just curious if if you've heard of it. Cause that's um, that's I knew something of I've, him, I've been but I never reading knew about of a little the bit. Breathing technique. Yeah, that's the Wim Hof method. That's, I would that's, just call it dragon breath like you know what i mean like inhale through the nose and then push out hard like a dragon would try to blow fire so that's what i was doing like the power of belly breathing type stuff <laughs> so I, I did that i splashed some water on my face i composed myself and i i went back out and then i finished another i don't know a couple of rounds to the point where it was the initial shock to getting so you got back face. in that's yeah big. Okay. i had to sure yeah. you know what i mean there was no well you didn't have to no, you. I did. No, I had to. I had to. Not for anybody else. Like that whole machismo, or you got to do it for the squad thing. Like, nah. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, right. any like any gym has that. Not just uh, MMA-inspired gym. Like, even regular gyms have that. Where there's a lot of testosterone and big dick swinging going on. Sure. And I'm not about that. But I knew that I got to slay my own personal beast. So if I don't go back in there, well, that's big, man. That's not a lot of. Uh, I would have lost. A lot of people wouldn't have got back in. A lot of people would be like, "Fuck yeah. this, man!" Like I remember my first time sparring, getting punched in the face. It, it didn't feel good, man. I hate it. Kind of, kind of went through the same thing. I got back in, but uh, you know, I, I, you feel almost like ashamed. Like you're like, "Fuck, man!" Like you, when if you get rocked real good. Yes, I felt ashamed of myself, not because like I don't give a shit. Like good for you, like you cracked off like a oh, couple I of things. Hated like, it, man. You know, but my thing was like, damn, I'm not a fighter. Like I'm a funny dude. Like you know, like I'll crack yeah. a joke or buy you a drink, and we're good. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't throw fists. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I got in one fight my whole life. Like you know what I mean? Like get the fuck out of here! I don't fight you? <laughs> no, but this was this was more of a thing for me, and plus. I also knew going into this that, like, okay, it's out of school. What's the worst that can happen? I get popped. I get a black eye. Maybe something with the nose. All right. Cool. It happens. But I had to do it for myself because if I didn't, I would have left there and I never would have came back. Like, I had to do it. But I, I, I have – but there's some trepidations that I still have to this day about certain things. Like, that, like I, I guess I'll say it. Like, I'm extremely aggravated that I broke my ribs there twice. The first time I can understand, like, that was an accident. But the second time, I'm really annoyed. Like, really fucking annoyed. But, you know. But I th- that's a combination of the person that I'm sp- I, was, I was clinching with and my own. Like, okay, I'm going to trust this dude with my body. Like he trusts me with his. Like I clinch with you. We There's a respect there. I'm not going to injure you. You're not going to injure me. We're not fighting for some imaginary title at the gym. You know? But I felt that the person that I sparred with didn't really have no regard in that aspect and just did it. So then when I, I finished, I bro- the second time I bro- when I, I knew my shit was broken. I knew they were broken. And I still finished. And I went in there and I also, I did the conditioning afterwards. Like I knew they were, like they were done. I go home and I shower and I'm like, all right, you know, 
maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's just because of that initial fear that I went through when I was a kid that I broke my arm. Right, let me, let me chill. Girl I was dating at the time. She comes over, we're watching a movie. She fell asleep. She's 105 pounds. She's laying on me. I can't breathe. I wake her up like, you got to get off. She's like, what's the matter? Like, I can't breathe. She was a nurse. She took me to the hospital. Ribs were broken. Uh, okay. And then I was, I was aggravated. I was aggravated. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, yeah, you never wanna, you never wanna get hurt doing it's something. It's a trust like issue thing, Jay. That's what it comes down to. Sure. You're a lot bigger than me. You're a lot stronger than me. You have an amazing reach. You got long legs. But I am more comfortable sparring with you than sparring with somebody that's my size, my weight, my reach. Because one. I know that as the bigger guy, you're going to push me to better myself, but you're also not going to abuse the power that you have within your your, your physicality. You're not going to do it. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. And so that's why there is a, there's a respect there. And I'm like, shit, that's why I like to train with Jay. Because I know I'm going to get pushed. I'm going to be a better version of myself. But I also know that I'm trusting this person. Like, I have long conversations. Two of my best friends are... One of my best friends wrestles for the WWE, and I have another close friend that, that wrestles there as well. And when I broke my ribs, I was really venting to them about, you know, the, the trust issue. And they said the same thing where you got to trust the person that you're with. Like, they're wrestling, and they're like, if we don't trust the people that we're with and we get hurt, we don't want to work with them. But we have to. But there's a fear there because it's like, what are you doing? Like you're supposed yeah. to be cognizant in the fact that you have another person's life in your hands. Now, granted, I don't think sparring and clinch is more extreme than, you know, throwing somebody out of a ring or, you know, a clothesline or whatever those those movesets are. Fake or not, they're still dangerous, but they still get hurt. Sure. But it's a matter of that trust issue where I'm putting my, my body into your hands. Now, what are you going to do with it? Right. So, yeah. There's a lot of dope people that I've trained with at that gym that, yeah, I trust that. I will continue to trust with my body when I go back. But there's a certain few I'm like, no, I'm not. Because it all stems back to that initial, that initial when I broke my arm as a kid. Call me a pussy, call me whatever you want, but that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I hope you do come back. I always have fun training with you. Yeah, it's, it's a blast, man. I like whipping the kettlebells around too, man. That's, I, yeah. Dude, let me tell you something. Lifting at the gym, doing stuff like that now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're doing to stay in shape now? Because you look great, man. Thanks. As soon as you started walking towards the house, I'm like, this motherfucker, (laughs) he's he's looking good, man. Well, I'm doing a lot of push-pull stuff. Okay. And But a lot of your mobility stuff. Sweet. The functionality of my training has changed. Like, I want more function. You know, I'm not going in and lifting things up, putting things down. Everything has to have a purpose. There has to be a fluidity with how I move and how I, I just go about doing everything. Now, I don't know if that it's a combination of the diet and, and the stuff that I learned from you and the stuff that I'm doing at the gym now, but I haven't felt this good in a hot minute. Oh, it's good, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Everything checks out except that vegan thing, man. I don't know. I don't know. I want to go in the other room and cook you a steak right now. Bad, bro. I feel like you're starving. <laughs> you know, there are certain days. Well, I also fasted 24 hours this past weekend. I went from... That's supposed to be good for you. I went from... Sat fr- I went from Friday morning at 6 a.m. till Sunday morning at 6 a.m. I fasted for 48 straight hours. Wow. Yeah. And all I did was just water and herbal tea. Did you do that for the um 
like for the the healing properties of that? Or did you just do that for like I just don't feel like eating fruit? No, days. it was mostly for the healing properties cool. because I'm really into the gut health and I don't want a leaky gut. Right. And you know, like the colon itself holds about ten pounds of unpushed out waste, and I'm just like, you know what? I want to clean myself out naturally. I don't want to do like enemas or you know um laxatives or none of that nonsense because yeah. you know the body you know because you need there's good bacteria and bad bacteria so you really can't force out even the good bacteria as well like there's certain cultures that your body needs so certain things like will really mess you up and i don't want to do that again a little, a little hypochondriac in certain <laughs> things so it's like you know what let me fast for 48 hours even my diet is real lights a lot of plants, a lot of vegetables. Like I said, if I eat a piece of chicken once a month, that's right. it's like wow, it's it's one piece of chicken. But mm, again, sure. I'll go months without eating animal flesh. Wow, months. Oh yeah, I think I went two and a half years without it, and then I had a piece of chicken one day. My mother made a chicken. Dish. She was like, you know, here. I was like, I. Oh. I try to incorporate a fast about once a week. Yeah. It's tough because I'm pretty physically active, so at least an hour a day, I'm moving, I'm doing something, um, um that I'm sweating and getting my heart rate way up. So it's difficult. I try to do like I'll do a Saturday night into Sunday night. So I don't know too much about the, maybe you get more into that. I don't know too much about that affecting gut health, but I know on a cellular, uh, on a cellular level, it produces um, autophagy. So it's a whole cellular cleanup. It's this whole thing. Um, do you, have you heard about that? or are you Yeah, gonna... I did that. And then I also know that it's about the way it breaks down with the ketones and the ketosis. Sure. So I was into all that. I with the gut stuff, it's just you just want to keep your your gut regulated to make sure that all the nonsense that you're putting in is being properly filtered out. Do you fuck with digestive enzymes? Have you taken that? Because that's not, that's like a lot of lectins, a lot of plants, a lot of oxalates. Like, well, I do do the food. I just I don't do supplements per se. Okay. Because I'm really not into that. So I'm like, but you digest it pretty well. Yes. Okay. That's like beautiful. I'll eat. You know certain things like i'll google what i need to know right and or I'll, I'll look on certain websites that that do it or i have a book from this dude named gary nolan and i talk about like you know food and what works for this and that and what properties do this and what food does that the food food is medicine like there are certain people that are foodies and they love to eat just for the sake of eating fucking a. i am not that type of dude guilty like, i'd rather eat for function and fuel than taste sometimes. Sure. Granted, listen, I love. I'm I'm an Italian kid, growing up. My mother cooked like for an army. You know what I mean? Like so, chicken cutlets and mozzarella and you know Sunday sauce or whatever. It's delicious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just thinking about it still. My mouth yeah, still waters. But it. yeah, man, I was like, nah, I I don't need to be a foodie. Like the taste or richness of it, because I guess I'm so into what this is now that it's like I want I want it to work and I want my body to work differently. Sure. And, you know what I mean? I don't want my liver to metastasize because I'm eating too much sugar or, you know, I'm eating the wrong things, you know? And maybe I saw one yeah. too many propaganda vid, uh, Netflix documentaries like What the Health or whatever, but I know that they're propaganda. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum right now. I just came off a 30-day. I, I ended up going 21 days. 30 was too much. By, by three weeks, I got the point. But I was doing – have you heard of the carnivore diet? Yes. I was very so, familiar with your posts. Yeah. So I was doing that for uh, – I went three weeks. I, I didn't do the full month. I got the point. And um, it I felt really good on it, man. Um, Is it healthy though? Let's be real. You're eating butter. 
and well, steak and bacon. Here's the thing. There's um there's a small group of people with severe autoimmune issues that will be on a plant-based diet or um or a mixed um like like uh, what's considered healthy so like you know healthy fats and and plants and um organic and grass-fed and pasture-raised meat and all that stuff and they have these autoimmune issues that can range from back pain to um to raging diarrhea to skin problems and whatnot so there's this really interesting study well it really wasn't even a study as much as like a testimonial this girl um michaela peterson jordan peterson's daughter famous author and uh, she was on the Rogan show a couple weeks ago, and uh, she was talking about um, these terrible autoimmune disorder issues that she had. Um, everything from sore joints. She had a hip replacement when she was 17. Her, her body was breaking down on her, so she went on a, a, a plant-based, um, pretty much a plant-based diet with meat. So, you know, um, including grass-fed and organic meats and all, and all that stuff. And um, the symptoms subsided to an extent. But she would still get these massive flare-ups. So eventually she started cutting out um, all sorts of different vegetables, cutting out tomatoes, cutting out um, uh, uh, nightshade vegetables and this vegetable and that vegetable and nuts and whatnot. And she saw little to no improvement until she cut out everything except meat. And I think she suffered from depression as well. And her husband and her father kind of uh, joined in on the same diet. And a lot of the symptoms they had from mental health uh, symptoms like depression to uh, autoimmune disorders like uh, you know like the eczema and uh, acne and the flare-ups that they were getting all kind of evaporated so as far as just for a regular person just to try to live on on animal on animal fats on on beef and and pork and chicken and all that stuff i can't imagine it being good long term but for a small group people it worked pretty well um now, out of my curiosity, because people will come to me with um, with different um, health problems and um, especially fad diets, like the uh, ketogenic diet is fucking huge now. When I started a bunch of years ago, there were like two people who heard of it. Like everyone was looking at me like butter in your coffee. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, so these fad diets that uh, I hear about, I feel almost like I need to try the vegan one. I, I haven't tried just going 100% plant-based. Well, me and Dean will do uh, like uh, no meat Mondays. Where we'll do stuff, we'll have like, um, you know, just stick with like sweet potatoes and rice and avocados, and uh, we'll do these big smoothies with, um, with, with, um, vegan protein, hemp protein, hemp seeds, chia seeds, all that crap. But, um, it, I, I never really went, gave that a shot. But, um, because my favorite food is steak, this was actually pretty easy for me to do, and I felt great. I'm pretty well fat adapted, so not having, uh, carbohydrates or, um, relying on glycogen. There's this thing called nuco gliogenesis i'm probably saying gluconeogenesis i'm all fucked up that converts excess protein to glucose so you still have glucose in your system but primarily you're about 60 40 fat to protein so you need to be able to burn fat for it not to completely break you down because you get that keto flu and you lose electrolytes your kidney starts dumping um, potassium magnesium calcium and you get real sick but uh, i didn't experience that at all i felt great in the gym i felt strong as fuck my cardio didn't take a hit like I thought it would, and um, otherwise, it you know it was, it was it was pretty cool. I think as far as um, where I'm at with it now is I do believe meat is is food to me, and plants are medicine. That's kind of where I'm at now. I like so that. instead of having an excess amount of like what I was doing before this whole carnivore thing was doing these huge smoothies with 
giant handfuls of kale, spinach, Swiss chard, arugula, a whole bunch of different greens, putting turmeric and cacao and all these different powders in it and, and doing this huge plant-based smoothie every morning. It was like 800 calories worth of nothing but plants. The MCT oils, healthy fats, whatever. And um, I didn't feel great off it, man. Why um, not? I just don't think that that many plants at once is good. I think, I think all that fiber, especially having, you know, there's like 30 grams of fiber in that thing. The the recommended uh, dosage per day is like 38 grams. So when you're putting 30 in one meal, plus later on in the day, you're eating other plant based with, you know, with meat, but you're eating more and more plants. It's it's too much fiber, man. I think it causes some discomfort, kind of turned me off to it. My body just wasn't bringing it down the way a regular person would plus by by eight o'clock i had to poop 12 o'clock i had to poop again i'm like this it's too much so now it does regulate i will say that <laughs> yeah I've, I've tapered it down which is nice man so like now i'm still doing a smoothie but i'm using like bone broth as as my um mm-hmm. as my liquid base i'm putting a little bit of like a turmeric and cacao and i'm, I'm kind of leaving the leafy greens for later on in the day um i'll switch between a, a good whey protein collagen protein and um I use a vegan protein like Sun Warrior has a really good one. It's uh, hemp, pea, and rice protein, I think. So um, now I'm kind of I'm trying to be a little bit more balanced, but um, generally I'll try to go. Um, I'll practice an intermittent fast, so I'll have lunch about twelve o'clock, and my lunch is really light, pretty much plant based. A couple of macadamia nuts, uh, spirulina, and chlorella. I take those tablets, a bunch of those, um, maybe an avocado, a couple eggs if I'm if I'm working out within the next few hours after noon. Um, otherwise, dinner, it's kind of a free-for-all, man. It's, See, uh, it's I would a lot do my and... intermittent fasting when I'm working out, even when I was... Leading up to the workout. Oh, no, during the workout, too. I would... So post-workout, nothing. Oh, no, I would I would probably break the fast. Like, specifically, when we would train and do Muay Thai, right. I, would, I, would, I would have nothing in my system. Absolutely nothing. I like fasted workouts. Yeah. I'm, I'm not against it. Just from the time, like I'm up at four in the morning. I do a light Yours, workout in the morning. Your day's a little bit different than mine. My, right. my day starts at four o'clock in the afternoon. Your day yeah. starts at four, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, they're completely it's... different days. And then we would go train, let's say six, seven o'clock at night. Right. You know, I'm only up at three hours. So it's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Like I'll do my morning workout totally fasted. Like yeah. my morning workout is around like uh like quarter after five. So I'm up around four, four thirty. I do um fasted cardio in the morning. I feel like a champ. I'll have some black coffee afterwards or during whatever. And I'll go till about 12 o'clock pretty much empty. You know, like, like I said, I'm pretty well fat adapted. So my body has no problem. Eventually I start to feel it, but I think that's from the lack of amino acids and, and protein. I don't really feel, um, like I need a big meal, but just something, um, something around noon usually, usually is, uh, is ideal. And then at night's tough because I, I still have that same schedule with Muay Thai. Like I still will go at, um, six and or seven and or eight o'clock. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, depending on what I'm doing, you know, sometimes I need to fuel up for that protein or, um, some kind of fat based something, but, um, most of my food's eaten at nighttime, man. If I did avocado before I would go there, that would be a lot. Yeah. It'd be like an avocado with tomato with a little, you know, olive oil. That was it. That's what I would eat before we would run three miles, then jump rope for 10, and then do whatever it is that we needed to do. Yeah. And then it would be the same routine again. Jump rope, do what we got to do. And then if you wanted to stay for the 8 o'clock class, it would be the same thing. Yeah. So that that's all I was doing. And that's when I think I got really, really skinny. To the point I was 152 yeah. pounds. Yeah. I got down to 152. From 190. From 195. 195, wow. And the only reason why I got down to... And that was in a short years, short time period, right? I mean, you were... Yeah, well, it was that's... around the same time that Manny was going to do his fight. 
He's been doing a lot of fights. I don't know. Whatever one that he was, he had to weigh in at 155 pounds or 155. Okay, I, I don't remember. It was a, it was a long time. You ago. did, you did get thin, man. So I was just like, you know what? I like the way I feel at 155, and I stayed like that. And then when I broke my ribs again, I was like, I should go up a little bit. Now I'm about 160, 165. Yeah, you look good. That's yeah. a good weight for you, man. So this is where it is. I don't want to go up or go down again. Good, man. So that, that's where I'm at. But yeah, the eating thing is, is is odd because what works for you might not work for me and what works for you might not work for you or sure. so on and so forth. Because yeah, there are studies, but like how documented are these studies? You know what I mean? Like are like where are the New England journals of medicine on these things? You know what I mean? Like I don't trust the FDA. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I don't really trust the FDA. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, even the stuff with grass-fed beef, it's still like, well, all right, everything that's being, you're, you're feeding the animal plants, but what are you spraying on the plants that they're eating? Sure. Like, so even that stuff is paranoid to me. Like, I started doing a whole bunch of gardening my own stuff, tomatoes and cucumbers and, you know, peppers, eggplant. So I was doing all that. So my my summer eating was predominantly stuff that I grew in my backyard. And then if I wanted to go to the local market, I would do the same thing. I wouldn't. I wasn't doing like a supermarket. You know what I mean? I, right. I was doing all this farm fresh, like farm to table type stuff. Ooh. And I noticed like my energy improved, my mood improved, and it was because I think I was. First off, I think all of it, a lot of it has to do with just ourselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm doing this. It makes me feel good. So I'm going to continue to right. do this. You know, but I think what you said, I think, you know, vegetables are medicine sure. to a certain degree. Do I think they can cure cancer or AIDS? Like, you know, uh, what I what you see on the internet, what you see on Instagram where everybody's saying like, you know, this one doctor. Yeah. No, but. Like, I think there is truth to the fact that, you know, certain roots and herbs could help you with preventing colds. I, I do believe that. Do I think a, an herb can help you prevent a sexually transmitted disease? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even think a shot of penicillin can help that. But it comes down to just, A, like knowing what works for you and going to see your physician first. Making sure, like, your LDL and your HDLs are fine. Because I have, in my family, that shit is fucking bad bad yeah jacked up so i was like you know what i can't you know my dad's heart attack spooked me when he was 50 and then like you know like 10 years later he had to get another stint and it's like all right granted my father was a two pack a day smoker and you know he was eating like shit when he was working nights and like, he told me his diet and i just wanted to gag so yeah. it was just like all right pop like you know now he's regulated now which has changed and my mother Good. really like does all that stuff but that's where i look at it where there's joint pain because he's taking you know all this medication to lower his cholesterol and then he needs all this other these beta blockers and i see that you know like his joints are inflamed and he doesn't feel too good and he's moody and he's you know sometimes a little crabby well it's because of this medication yeah. and i know it is because then when you look up the medication you see all the side effects from this medication I'm like, this is why it makes sense. But he needs it because if he doesn't, if he doesn't take the Crestor, bad news. Bad yeah. things will happen. So I'm like, let me avoid all that now. Let me lower my steak intake to next to none. Now it's none. I don't even eat meatballs anymore. Sausage, none of that. Wow. Let me fall back. Let me do this. 
if it works for you, man. I mean, there's definitely no one size fits all, but it's it's tough to kind of see what what does fit. There is one. a vegan guilt though, bro. I will say that. Yeah, you guys are culty. Like, explain the vegan guilt. What do you mean? Like, uh, if you eat something, um, like uh, first off, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those. Well, you, you know, I do vegan and I'm CrossFit. Like, you know, you like, you know, like yeah. one of those. Like, and I drink IPAs. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you ever get those type of hipsters that you Fuck know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but like, there's like a guilt thing. Like, let's just say, like, I do decide to break it and I eat a piece of chicken, right? It was kind of like Catholic guilt with growing up in like the Catholic church and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, everything's a sin (laughs) and you know what I mean? Oh, I touched a boob. I'm going to hell or I'm having like, you know, like premarital sex. Oh my God, I'm going to hell. Like there was that Catholic guilt when you were younger. Like, so you, you know, figure out what works for you in certain things. And there was that vegan guilt thing where it's like, oh shit. You know, I know some, some people that swear they're vegan, but they eat eggs or like they'll make their vegan burgers, but they'll use an egg to bind with it right and i'm like well that's kind of not a vegan then so you're kind of just like a person that eats limited protein but predominantly lives on a plant-based diet so so now i don't even say that i'm a vegan because if i do want a piece of chicken i'm now all right with the fact that i'm going to eat one i'm not gonna feel bad anymore that oh my god i'm going that's good i'm losing all my laurels and morals because i was saying that i was a vegetarian or a vegan and now it's like, you know, the world is upside down. Well, that's a healthy approach, man. Yeah. That's 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 how it should be. Yeah. I mean, you know. Cause I fuck off too. It's like, you know, like like um I don't think like like I do a primarily fat based diet. Um one may call it a ketogenic diet, but if I'm not in ketosis, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. You know, so I I I wish it was like that for more vegans that they were like, Yeah, you know, it's this this is what I try to do. I try to incorporate healthy plants, but if they fuck up that's okay. There's a lot. There's a huge community, bro. That does, they don't go for that, man. No, I you, know you would be shamed. Quick. I would be. I would be shunned, and I'd probably be, you know, blocked on all sorts of social media for yeah. it. But you know what, though, I'm not. It is what it is. It works for me. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't do eggs. I don't do cheese. I don't drink milk. Okay, I'm right there. You know what I mean? I if it's not from the ground, I don't eat it. But once in a while, if I'm hitting a heavy leg workout. Or if I'm going to come back and I want to do pads and we're going to be doing technical sparring, I know, damn, before or after, I might need some type of protein that coincides with maybe like an animal-based something. Whether it's a bone broth or whether it's a piece of chicken. I don't know. Am I like Rogan that will eat elk steak? Um, No. But maybe he's on to something. But he also yeah. has more money than God, so he can go out and hunt his own meat. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know what really works. I just know from how my body is, and when I go to get my physical in a couple of weeks, I will see then. Okay, well, all this is happening. This is what I've been doing, so let's see if it actually shows up on the work. I would love to have you back, man, yeah. and if you're willing to share them, kind, kind of see that, because that, that makes that's something I'm interested in. Because like, now... Um, having followed a bunch of people doing the carnivore diet, it's a really petty community. They hate on vegans, man, so much. And I got a couple of friends who are vegan. I break their balls. I'll yeah. definitely break your balls a little bit. You always you- break my balls. <laughs> um, even at the gym, there's 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 a couple. And we'll go back and forth a little bit. But um, the uh, the the carnivore community, man, they're real 
real petty with that stuff, man. And vegans are too, man. They they attack each other. It's it's really strange. But um, so I've seen a lot of blood work from people who are on the carnivore diet for X amount of years, and I've seen a lot of blood work, a decent amount of blood work from people who are vegan and have been so for X amount of years, and um. The, the numbers aren't really too different. Um, there are sometimes vitamin deficiencies, specifically vegans, um, specifically like B12, which is very important for the brain. Um, do you t- would you do you or would you supplement with um, like an omega three, like a fish oil? Is well, I can't because I'm allergic to fish. You said that right. So I have to do it other ways. Okay. So like I'm eating a lot of like you know enriched foods that have like you know. Yes, yeah, I would stuff. say eggs is another source. Beef is another. Source. It's it's hard because that's something the body can't produce on its own. We no. need an external source, yeah. and that's big for for brain health and and heart health and and stuff like that. So I gotta so be always, real I'm careful. Curious about that I too. have to be real careful with certain things because if not, I will go into anaphylactic shock. Okay. Yeah, I can't. So like a lot Do you of carrying EpiPen and, and no, all that stuff? come on, no. healthcare. What's that? Buddy? <laughs> Nah, man. Um, no. Oh, so you're about to get hit over the head for that blood work, man. I've been saving up for it, Pop. Fucking A. Yeah, man. I need it, though. I need it. Last time I got it was two years ago. Yeah. So I need to do it. No, it's important. You know, last... I, I know what I need to do. So I was like, all right, let me save up. And let, me, let me let me do it. So that yeah. that's that. You know, I'm, I'm even planning on going to a cardiologist, too. So I'm going to save up for that. Go well. for you. Just because I want to make sure that everything works. And I don't want no issues, no blockages, none of that stuff. Right. To me, that's like the fear. And it's all interconnected. Okay, if you have a blockage problem, your dick might not work. If you're eating all this bad food, you're going to be lethargic and slow. And then you can't work out, you can't perform at work, and everything's just a task. It's an issue to even get out of bed. And your mood is shit. And you're crabby. Or if you eat too much sugar, the intestinal walls start to burn because the sugars especially white processed sugar is bad for you and blah 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 Mm. blah so now we cut out all of that stuff one of my vices was chocolate i used to love hershey bars chocolate milk all that stuff i used to love all of it i like chocolate too man you know so it's like okay now let me fall back from doing that so then i did that now i'm not on chocolate i haven't been on i haven't had a sweet in like you know six weeks so now it's like okay now i'm feeling the craving to hit like a junkie hitting a crack pipe isn't there no more. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like if I'm going to snack on something now, like I'll eat – I can legitimately eat nothing but bananas and fruit or I can't eat nuts. I can't even go out to eat sometimes. If I do, I got to make sure that it's not peanut oil based. So there's a lot of reasons wow. why I think I dropped so much weight as I did. Yeah, I didn't know all that, man. Yeah. So nuts are a no-no? I can't eat none of that. And I used to love that. And this is when I knew there was probably an issue because every time I would eat almonds and then go train, I'd feel very itchy. Mm-hmm. And then I did not know why. That's a dead giveaway. So I was getting really, really itchy. And then the same thing I would do, like let's say peanut butter after the workout. Mm. I'd get really itchy. Yeah. Then there was like certain protein powders. Like I won't do – like if it has that carakeen in it, I won't – I will not drink it. I will not use it because that, that's a cancer-causing agent. Like most protein powders have that. If you look at that, it's like a carrageen thing. I think if – I'm probably saying it wrong. You're the professional. Like you know more than I do. But it is like this, like certain things. Yo, I'm not putting this shit in my body. Sure. Like, nah. I'm not getting sick even worse. We live in Staten Island. This fucking smog and we live next yeah. to a closed landfill. Like this is enough. Dude, I went to New England. It was like my lungs were loving it for a te- like for the three days I was up there. Sure. Yeah, like you I, feel that difference. I got in a three-mile run when I was up there. I was like, yo, this is another life. 
Like yeah. they, my lungs were burning with like goodness. I was like, this is dope. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not trying to do none of that stuff. I want no yeah. poison in my body because yo, where we're living is poison. Fucking water we drink is poison, dog. Now I don't know if the alkaline water is this big old thing that everybody's got to. Oh, this is the new thing. The big thing now is uh, hydrogen hydrogen infused water. That's that's uh they're selling these filters and stuff. I mean, yeah, we live in um. You got to find balance because it's like, yeah, we live in like a fucked up world. Things are dirty. There's toxicity everywhere. There's, um, you know, even like 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 uh, EMFs from Wi-Fi. Like there's just constantly your, your body's constantly getting getting a load put on it. And um, that was something a couple of years ago I started becoming very conscious of. But recently, like within the last like year or so, it, you kind of have to make that decision to to live with it. Control, like you said, control what you're putting in your body, you know, orally and, and what you're eating and whatnot. But um. There's like appointments, like there's, there's, there's so many things that are just coming in, and you, you have to avoid that paranoia of like, oh fuck, I'm doing this, it's gonna fuck so up my sleep. So now, as an instructor, dinner. as a practitioner, and just overall, as a thirty year old man, how do you drudge past the bullshit, investigate what you need to look up, to tell your students when you, you when you're training them or your clients, and just as your overall, just your own personal well being, so. You're not like going cuckoo for cocoa puffs. How do you regulate all that, and how do you filter out what's bullshit and what could possibly be the truth? Well, it's never a job for me. It's never something that I feel like, fuck. Somebody asked me this, I need to research it, or or um, like I, I need to go read this book, or I gotta Google this, or I gotta uh, really find out about the uh, most of the stuff that I learn comes because I'm interested in it. So there's a whole bunch of outlets that I have. Um, people I talk to, but, um, inlet wise, I have a bunch of different podcasts and books that I read. So a lot of this, this new stuff, like EMF, for example, like the radiation coming from Wi-Fi, what it does to you on a cellular level, it could, could be considered catastrophic if you sit there and really dice it up. But is, does that mean I'm going to tell all my students, you guys got to get rid of Wi-Fi routers in your house? Like, uh, you know, or, or like the, um, the lights that, that radiate off our TVs, phones and computers that disrupt melatonin at the, at the end of your day when you're trying to fall asleep and you lose REM sleep and your body's not fully recovered for your next day workout. That's something I might, I might recommend. Um, whether it's like, like if you look at my screen here, like, I don't know if you could really tell, but there's a, there's a blue light protector on it. Like if I disable it, it looks like that. And oh, you wow. can see it yeah. takes away the blue light. And that's something that's an app I might recommend towards somebody who, um, who's having problems recovering or, or sleeping at night. So there's a lot of these little hacks that I've learned over the years that if someone were to come to me, for example, like um, uh, something like that, like, coach, I'm having a problem. Um, I'm not recovering. Well, you know, you're killing us on these Friday and Sunday workouts and I'm feeling like shit throughout the week. I'm not getting good sleep. There's things like that I might recommend. If somebody who comes to me, for example, like, um, you know, on a ketogenic diet, like, oh, this is something I should try. I'd be like, well, what's your diet like now? Like, you know, like most of the dietary advice I give isn't necessarily, yeah, man, you got an MCT oil all day, like exogenous ketones, avocados, and nothing, you know, it's, it's more or less like eat real foods, you know, limit your exposure to blue light at the end of the day so you get in solid sleep. Um, EMS, stuff like that, I don't really bother. Uh, you know, people want to train with weighted vests, you know, so I'll have a conversation about that. Uh, people want to train um, two a days, we'll have conversations about that. People want to have high carbs, high carb diet or vegan diet. Um, but most of the stuff that I get, like I have, a, I have a whole bunch of books all over, all over the house, and and I kind of get my information. And more often than not, when somebody comes to me with something, I'll have somewhat of a background on it. If not, I kind of look it up. There's there's a lot of bullshit, but um, it's not, 
it's it's more like the stuff that like I said, the stuff that you really can't control. Not why bother controlling it, but you know, like don't lose your mind over it. Don't mm-hmm. don't obsess too much over it. You know, if if we could, you know, I wrote a blog recently and um it's called um Ancestral Ancestral Health through Modern Day Science and it has to do with you know, ideally, if we were to wake up in the morning, the first thing we should do, besides hydrating, is get sunlight, get some vitamin D, start our circadian rhythm, let our body know we're moving around, we're doing stuff. A lot of times, people can't. I can't do that. You know, I'm up at four in the morning. I'm up three hours before the sun comes up. You know, um, people will ask about supplements, um, creatine. What is creatine? What does it do for you? Should I take it? Um, whey protein. Should I take it? Well, what's in it? Is there that that stuff you were talking about? Is there uh, sucralose is there um, ACE K or um, potassium? Um, what is it called? Uh, acetyl, acetylalanine, yeah. potassium, whatever the hell it is. Are there those neurotoxins in there that are going to break your break your body down and do more harm than good? So there, there's just like stuff like that, man. You know, just kind of um, using what I know and like what I live to kind of make a judgment call it's not like what i say goes you know i'm, I'm not the end all know all but i've more people come up to me about the ketogenic diet than anything well you are known far. for that yeah i can't walk to the gym without somebody asking be like oh so uh you're like so dr atkins it, uh... yeah i don't know i don't know about that but the atkins diet i feel is just the keto diet is just like the son or daughter of the atkins diet really more well the, the Keto, like that's not really a diet. That's a state. That's a a, a metabolic state. Yeah, but everybody wants. In. Yeah, but we got to sell the idea. You have to sell. Yeah, you know what I mean. You have to sell this lifestyle. Like, remember, it's it's not just, uh, it's not just eating or you. Diet's a dirty word. Lifestyle is a better word. Sure. So the keto life, if you're doing the keto thing, well, oh, well, what is the keto? Life? I mean, you mm. have the dude from the Jersey Shore calling himself the keto Guido. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I will put, what does it do though? You know what I mean? How do you feel on it? What is your, you see, you have all the information because you have a blog. So you posted your test results from your blood work. So you showed your AD, your LDLs, you showed your HDLs. So right then and there was like, okay, there was no increased spike, but you're also training at Staten Island Muay Thai five days a week. You're coaching two days a week. So your body is in this constant state of go. So your cardiovascular is already going good. So if somebody wants to do this and they're going to play Fortnite all day, it might not work for them because they're not constantly going. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, could be, it works for you because you're an athlete. You are like, you know, so even if I was to attempt to eat what you eat, I would probably it would probably benefit me because I know like I'm constantly on the go. I'm constantly working out. So, yeah. But if somebody's just gonna sit on their ass and do nothing, well, it's gonna be an improvement. Work. I mean, depending on where they're at. Yeah. De- totally depending. You know, it's like, it, it, it is it right for you? Like, yeah, probably. Because if you're asking me that question, you're probably on some bullshit diet. You know, you're probably not. You're you're. I mean, I don't know if it's bullshit, but um, you know, like high sugar processed food. Um, Let's be real. The standard American diet. You a lot know? of people like, are eating like, bullshit. Like, yeah, like bagels in the morning and and a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner or what the whatever fried food stuff like that. I do enjoy a bialy in the morning though. I will say that. <laughs> That's I can't be vegan, man. They probably use eggs in that shit. Maybe I don't know. 
Ooh, I'm telling. I know. I'm well, going to be ostracized by the community that I don't even <laughs> hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. You have to listen to your body. And that's, that's what's tough for people because most people – I shouldn't say most people. A lot of people are sedentary. So a lot of people aren't, and you know, there's days where I don't, I don't work at it at an intense rate. There's plenty of days like that. There's plenty of days where I'll lay out a yoga mat and just do some stretching, man, some breathing. I'll go for a walk around the block, whatever the fuck, something to stay moving. And there are days where I do nothing. Believe me, like, and, and I'm not happy with it. And those are the days where I'm like, I, I get, uh, like, I get all, all a little bit tense and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. Cause I don't look as, at working out as a chore. I look at it as something like, you know, I need to do to kind of be a baseline. I need to move around. I need to do something, do something with this energy, move, get excited, get amped up, get sweaty, whatever the fuck. And, um, you know, a lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people are sedentary. A lot of people sit in a, uh, on a, in a desk all day or sit in a, a truck all day. You know, like a, a lot of the work I do is sitting and driving around a truck, man. And a lot of my coworkers are doing the exact same thing. We have days that you, you're not moving that much. You have days where you're breaking ass, but you have days where you're not moving. And that's, that's a great percent of the population that have that sedentary lifestyle. So if they're coming in, they're like, oh, should I try ketogenic? Like, yeah, probably. Like, what what are you doing now? Where are you coming from? Is, you know, like, do you eat whole, are you going from a paleo diet where like you're eating like, you know, high carb, but like you're eating like quinoa and sweet potatoes and millet and amaranth and all these like, like grains, or are you just like, oh man, I eat bagels, bro. Like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a huge difference, man. And they're like, ah, you know, you're like in really good shape and, you know, what do you do? What's your diet? So then when I tell them what my diet is, they're like, wow, uh, I'm not eating any of that. Yeah. Like, well, what are you eating? And they would tell me, and I'm like, like yeah. chill, fall back with that. Because it's easy and convenient. And I would tell them, like, yo, you guys will go to the vending machine four or five times in an eight-hour shift. Yeah. No, don't do that. Like, yeah. like chill. Go to, you know, we have, like, a couple of health restaurants around. They're expensive as shit. Yeah. But why don't you go and get like one of those as a big meal and then, you know, grab some nuts and some water and, and you know, and, and snack on that, you know, throughout your shift. Yeah, it makes Instead. a big difference, man. Well, so much of that, man. So, so many people who go from eating whatever the fuck, you know, an, an unhealthy diet to what you said, you know, just trying to they'll lose so much weight so fast because their body's going to shut down so much inflammation that they have going on. I mean, yeah. you don't realize like like 85 percent of people can't digest gluten. It's no. like their, their stomachs, they, they don't have it in them. They're, they're missing that enzyme. Most people are. We're not evolved to eat. You know, we've only been eating gluten the last like maybe 500 years. The fucking millions of years before that or, or however, thousands of millions, whatever the fuck. There, there was no such thing, man. We were hunter-gatherers. We were eating wild plants. We were, we were shooting our animals, eating eating meat, eating whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, so much of this processed food, you know, the, these processed, uh, these vegetable oils, the um, the... The, um, the Jay, I don't even use the microwave, brother. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have even it myself. use the microwave. I refuse. Yeah. Now, you know, my whole thing has changed. Like, you know, I'm trying to get off the the macaroni because I do eat <laughs> pasta like maybe twice a week. There's some good alternatives. Yeah, there's this chickpea pasta. Oh, I, I've done that. Though. I've done that, but I don't yeah. want pasta in general. So what I've been doing is chickpea pasta is where it's at, man. My meals have been consistently sweet potatoes. Cut up as I like to call them loaded sweet potatoes. So I'll do um, some type of legume and a leafy green. Okay. You know whether it's kale, whether it's bok choy, whether it's spinach. Um, you know I'll even incorporate radishes, like just something. Yeah. Something different. I'll season them with like thyme and rosemary and all this other stuff. You know, 
And I don't even cook my I don't even cook with olive oil anymore because I was reading once olive oil goes over, if you're cooking over 250 degrees, like all the healthy properties of it. It's a little bit higher than that. Okay. But that, that that's true. It oxidizes the fats, but it's a little bit. It's it's not two fifty. So you could low, you can cook low and slow on that. All right. Um, there's certain studies. I'll send you a couple Please. links actually, because I've I've been into that myself. That um, um, you can. It won't necessarily kill all the fats. I think it has a negative effect on the oleic acid profile. So that's like the main um, that's like the main component that that's good for you, and that might kind of be done with. But as far as it totally oxidizing and turning it into like um. What you wouldn't want, like a canola oil or like a vegetable oil, soybean oil, like those really harmful oxidizing fats. I don't know if it necessarily does that. Um, like that's definitely a better option than any of those vegetable oils, even if it is, you know, cooked like that. Avocado oil has a real high smoke point. That that's that's a good way to go. But I'm sorry, continue. No, so that's just things that I've been doing that way to combat like certain meals. So if I'll do, you know, a workout where if I'm doing a push or a pull and I'm burning myself out and sweaty, like all right, let me. Let me eat something, and this is what I, that that is what I choose for a meal, and I'm not bloated afterwards. I do these birthday cake sweet potatoes. What are those? To me, it tastes like birthday cake. To a, a regular person, they'd be like, "This isn't fucking birthday cake." They throw it in my head. But take a sweet potato, uh, yeah, bake it, boil it, I guess, do whatever. Now I'll put grass fed butter. You probably would not do that. No. Um, but maybe coconut oil. Yeah. Is that something you could fuck with? All oh, right, yeah, cool. Well, so, so take coconut oil. I think I've probably done it with coconut oil before. Um. Take like a little bit of stevia, something like that. Like I'll use like uh, English toffee flavored stevia, a couple drops, mix it up. I would use agave nectar over stevia. I don't know. That's not good. Agave nectar is not good for you? I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, well, you know what? Maybe I take that back. Maybe it's not good for my diet. I know that's that's almost like pure fructose, which I guess if you're not really too worried about carbs and stuff like that, it's probably nothing. But um, so I'll use the stevia. That's like, okay. you know, totally zero calories, zero glycemic index, a couple drops of that. Bunch of sea salt, raw honey. Ooh. Birthday cake, man. I like that. Yeah, it's, like it's fucking lot. good, man. You know what I've been doing to curb my sugar cravings? I will do two bananas, coconut milk, and uh, some raw oats and some cinnamon. That's Blend like 200 grams of sugar. No, to crave like if I want to eat like chocolate. Right, yeah, something fucked up. Yeah, like if I, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. eat like a fucking Hershey bar or – like you know, Kit Kats or M and M's or whatever, I'll eat that. Yeah, I rather eat that because that'll. That's not bad sugar. Like that's like that's from the body. Sure, I can break that down. Yeah, some fiber, some potassium, yeah. some some micronutrients. That's that's totally different. You know. Yeah, I'll I'll do that stuff at night as well. You know, I try to eat um almost entirely, um, moderate protein, um zero carb and high fat throughout the day. Like like I said, breakfast is like hit or miss like if i'm off sometimes i'll I'll make bacon and eggs with the wifey you know we'll do something like that but otherwise it's um it's it's pretty much black coffee and high fat pretty low protein extremely low carb and then at dinner uh depending on what i'm having you know like but we'll do like white rice sometimes sweet potatoes stuff like that um i find that during the day i stay sharp and my workouts are best if i'm in a ketogenic state if i'm in a high fat state um if i'm burning fat for fuel at night, I feel like my sleep is real good if I have some glucose. So, if, especially with that, like you get this little increase in blood sugar as you're, you know, like like say you have like a bunch of fruit, say I have a couple of bananas or whatever the fuck, you have a bunch of that, your blood sugar kind of rises and you get like this little this little jolt of energy. But then when it's crashing and you're kind of going to bed at the same time, it kind of works out nicely. Like you kind of 
fall into a little bit of a deeper sleep. Now I'll do things to to kind of regulate that and minimize the blood sugar spike. So I'll take um, bitter melon extract, extract, wild bitter melon, and um, maybe some apple cider vinegar or some Ceylon cinnamon, something like that. So that will kind of control my blood glucose and it won't spike my blood sugar. But um, that's you know that's that's a uh, that's something I get a lot because people are like, oh, you in ketosis all the time, you doing ketogenic? Like, no, like far from it. Now, what do you I, do I to filter your night. liver? To filter my liver? Yeah. Um, I drink water and avoid excessive alcohol consumption. Because there's also things because uh, you know, there's no there's no repercussions with that type of diet, and when it's filtering through the pancreas and the liver, because sometimes um, I'll 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 do like milk whistle. It's like a it's like a plant. Okay. Yeah. Like well, like fat, I'll blend that up. I, are you talking about like fatty liver? Um. Yeah, but more like just to detox it. I don't do a regular liver detox. The only detox I'll go through is pretty much my intermittent fasting, where I'll, I'll reap some benefits of you know cellular autophagy. But for the most part, I'm not really doing like these like any like cleanses or detoxes. As far as like um liver goes, I I think what you're kind of getting at is from all that fat. Yeah. Like from okay, so that's a good question. I take um uh, a digestive. It's a it's a prebiotic probiotic, but it contains um, uh, lipase and bromelain. Lipase is the digestive enzyme that we use to break down fats. So I do take that. That's something not daily, but it's something that like I'll pop if I'm gonna have a really big meal. Like if I'm gonna have a sixteen ounce steak with butter on it, and you know I'm gonna have that fucking birthday cake sweet potato. I'm telling you about. If I'm having a whole bunch of those, I'll pop digestive enzymes because I don't want to be sitting there. And um, that has prebiotics, probiotics, and um. I will pop digestive enzymes from time to time. So if I'm going to have a big meal, um, aside from the digestive enzymes, prebiotics and probiotics, I'll also take, like I said, the wild bitter melon extract and um, maybe some apple cider vinegar, kombucha, some kind of digestive to like to, to ease that process so that if I do have a workout within the hour or within a couple hours or I'm going out or I just want a nice romantic night with the lady where I'm not sitting there with the, you know, holding my belly, um, you know, I'll do some stuff like that. But as far as like a liver detox or, or being really mindful of that, I'm really not. You know, I've never really. Um, that's not something I've even really looked into. I know fatty liver is a thing. I know people. Um, some people's guts naturally lack um, the digestive enzymes to to break down high fat, and that could be um, that could be something that's uh, genetic, or that could just be from years and years and years of a standard American diet, like high, high processed or not even processed, just high carbohydrates, you know, like you eating sweet potatoes every day just pure or shit. shit. Yeah. Just yeah. It could shit. be, it could be from shit, but, um, some people will lack those digestive enzymes and that could be a, that could be a negative side effect from that. But, um, I've never really been too concerned about that. I feel pretty, um, I feel pretty good with, um, digesting fats. Like I said, the only thing that, that I get a little bit concerned about is, um, the high fiber, which I try to, I try to, I keep to like 30 grams a day. I try not to go too much over that. Why? I just don't feel that great. You know, like okay. that, that was the one thing about the, um, about the carnivore diet that I fucking loved, man. I felt, I really did feel great all the time. Like I had zero, when I tell you I didn't fart for a month, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. And like it, it was, there's no, there's zero fiber. It's oh, I fat, fart all the time. It's fat and protein. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the fiber talking, man. Yeah. That's, um, and they're not even smelly either. It's just, it's just, it's just the sound coming out my ass. They're just there, yeah. They're just there. Yeah, no, I understand, man. Yeah, they're back, bro. Yeah, they're they're, they're back here and there now. Um, but in general, that's um, I'm not a fan of that. So I she, try to. Yeah, is your wifey ride or die with this stuff too? No, she's healthier than me. Really? She's healthier than me because she doesn't look into it like a lunatic like I do. 
Okay. You know, so it's like she's really she's really cool with this stuff. So she's like she'll have for the most part she'll do um like similar to me in the sense where like her breakfast and lunch will be like um high fat moderate protein and then at dinner it's kind of like whatever. But um she's not like the type like if I have like a crazy cheat meal, like I'd feel really bad about it and and kind of fucked up. She kind of like almost like plans in advance and is just real cool about it. Um, I'm the type I'm either working out seven days a week going hard or like doing very little and kind of just like doing a recovery week. She'll, she'll consistently do like a day of or, or multiple days of yoga. She'll lift weights one day. She'll go to a spin class one day. Um, sometimes I'll hold pads and she'll do some boxing. So she has like this really cool, um, this like well-rounded um, approach towards health and wellness. So she looks fucking great, man. She's she's a fucking 10 and she looks way better than me and doesn't do half of the fucking crazy research and crazy things that I do. So it's, she's, um, you know, but she gets it. Yeah, I would feel know. guilty about eating certain things. And then I saw a, you, I saw an Instagram post from The Rock, of all people. Oh, his cheat meals are epic, man. That's what I'm saying. And then he would like yeah. kill off a quart of scotch. Yeah. And he was just like, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. What are you going to do? Well, guess yeah. what you do? You go to the gym and you crush it the day after. Sure. Fuck it. You need one day just yeah. to eat like shit. And then the, don't negate what you're doing. Don't turn one day into four. You eat like shit for maybe one meal and that's it. You're good. So that's how yeah. my cheat meals have been. And I don't even consider what I eat like a cheat meal. Yeah. So. Same here. You don't want to be that guy. And I, I was that guy for a while who would, you know, like like be at like a family barbecue, go out to dinner with friends or something and be like, you know, be like sweating over the menu, like looking for something that's going to keep me in ketosis, looking for something that's, Catholic guilt, man. you know, yeah, yeah, it was whack. And then, um, <laughs> that's what it is. you know, and then that, uh, that kind of stopped. I mean, when I was doing the carnivore diet, when I was doing that, um, you know, the three, three and a half weeks, whatever it was of, um, just meat, I was strict with that, but that's. That was like something like, okay, I'm going to do this for X amount of time and this is how it's going to be. And um, so I was strict with that. But then like otherwise, it's, it's you know, man, like I, I went to, um, I went with Vinny and a couple guys to, uh, and this is like a while, this is almost a year ago now, but just to give you an example of like the times to say fuck it. Um, we went to, um, we went out to Philly. A couple of our guys were fighting in Philly and um, we went out for cheesesteaks after. I'm not going to Philly with a bunch of my boys and not eating the cheesesteak. Right, right, like, right. Like, you know, that's not happening. Um, you know, my, my a couple of my guys, we had um, we were working in Port Richmond, and we went, they went, they went to Danino's for lunch. Yeah, they have to. I'm not going to Danino's oh. not eating a slice. I'm not going to LMB. I'm not going to Lee's and not eating a slice. Of pizza. You know, it's it's things like that. Is it going to knock me the fuck out of ketosis like that? Yeah, but you know, is go it, right it, back. It's, it's important. Yeah, it's important to, and and that's something everyone should understand. It's different, like. You know, like if if you if you're way out of shape and you have a goal and you're really chasing that goal, it's different. You know, like you might you might you want to be hard on yourself a little bit more than than the average guy who's kind of like you know active and is pretty content with where they are. But you know, you got to live too, man. Um, I mean, unless you have something really important going on that night and you don't want to be like no. dragging ass, yeah. and that happens. You know that that totally happens. Like I don't want to be. You know, I'm not gonna. Go out and eat pizza for lunch, and oh, and you have to have Ralph's ices right across the street after. You can't, you can't not. You, you know, you went that far. You can't not walk. Across I've the street. actually had zero Ralph's ice in like five years. Really? Yeah. And it's not. I just, 
I just don't, you know, as the older I get, I'm just not having a certain taste for certain things anymore. And well, that I was think the one time just, I did this summer. That's great, though. It was you peer pressure. To, but I think you have to do those things because if sure. you don't, you're going to go crazy and you're going to blow your steam off somewhere else. And yeah. that might be, you know, let's say an entire cake. Yeah. Instead of eating the entire cake, you should have ate the goddamn Ralph's Ice. Well, I did. Re- I, I do well with the um, trying to focus primarily on meat as as my source because to me that's very um, it's very satiating. And yeah. I mean, fats are satiating in general, but um, for me that's like, you know, I eat like a big steak or something. And it's a lot of calories, so I mean that that has a lot to do with it. But um, that'll kind of control my sugar cravings all out. Where if I'm eating like a lot of um, you know, like fat bombs or like um. You know, like almond butter and peanut butter and cashew butter and all those nut butters. Are, all the stuff that can kill me. El Diablo, man. No, no good. No mas. Yeah. <laughs> Morta. The, I, it, I've been known, and, and Dino will tell you, man, it's a problem. I've been known to polish off a jar of almond butter, like, with a spoon and sit there and kill a jar, which if you sit there and count the calories in times, like, you know, 220 times the 14 in, in the jar, plus you ate breakfast and, mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck, like... You did some damage, man. Like, yeah, you did. And then you look at the fiber and you look at like what the fuck like you actually just did and the omega sixes <laughs> and fucking and your gut is just a disaster after that, man. It's um so I, I do best by limiting that and best by increasing my um my meat and um and I'm pretty good with plant based fats as far as like the non non yeah. nuts, you know. I like went to the, Chicago to cover professional wrestling and I went to this is when I was like literally in, in I'm in the in this this whole summer I was in the the middle of this diet I was not breaking this whole eating regimen <laughs> so I was just like all right I want to go to Chicago I'm not doing deep dish so when I used to DJ in Chicago five years ago I used to go to what's called the Chicago Diner it's like this vegan restaurant it's really really dope oh, cool so I went there and I'm having this conversation with one of the waiters and we're just we're just talking and he was like so what do you normally eat you know, because I was telling him about my dietary restrictions because of my food allergies and blah, 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 blah. And I told him, I go, honestly, I try to stay away from most of this stuff that's on the menu. And, you know, like my big thing is like, like you ever eat like, oh, you ever heard of it? Seitan or tofu, like all those other like meat substitutes. Well, tofu, I have Satan. I haven't. Well, that's more like um like a like a I guess it's like a wheat based kind of protein-esque thing i don't like tofu very much well i'm allergic so i can't have that so i don't fuck with it so soy soy would destroy destroy me pal would destroy me um yeah so it's a real thin line of what i can eat what i can't eat and we're talking about that and you know all these these unhealth like i don't want to say that it's unhealthy but it's not because just as there's as much processed food in Bugad that's non-vegan, there's a lot of processed bullshit that's in vegan food. So it's like, sure. where do you differentiate? So me and this this waiter had this conversation. He's like, so what What do you enjoy? I was like, no. The last time I came here, I was eating the like the, the Satan Reuben sandwich. It kind of like had like the same qualities if you were eating a regular Reuben sandwich. Just I just don't do sauerkraut. So I was I was like, let me grab that. And then like, you know, I, I took a later on. I was like, for, for later on, let me get a a cheesesteak one you know so I, I i did that and but just to realize that would be considered the cheat meal because you're eating this fake processed you know like wheat curd kind of thing that's supposed mm. to replicate the texture 
of meat or one of those impossible burgers. Now, I tried one. I'll never eat one again. It's cool. It tastes like I was eating a regular cheeseburger. But if it's made in a fucking factory, chances are, big dog, ain't healthy for you. So why the fuck are you eating it? Yeah. So that's thing I'm like, let me stay away from that. But if that's going to be a cheat meal, Jay, to me, a cheat meal is making a black bean burger using, instead of using an egg, using uncooked quinoa, blending it all up, putting it in a patty form with tomato paste and whatever herbs and spices that I want, frying up a little coconut oil, making that as my dinner. And that's a cheat meal? To me, that's a cheat meal. What part of that is a cheat? <laughs> But you know, like uh, in, in a, I, I know what you're saying. Well, then it's not a cheat meal. Making so, a burger kind of thing. That that's one thing that um. Ooh, I'm sorry. That's one thing I'll tell people. Um, you know, like, oh, is it okay to have cheat meals? Like, should I do it once once a week and whatever? And um, I I really advise against it. Like um, like Vin is somebody I I, I wrote a, a diet plan for because he was really interested in doing the ketogenic uh, diet and he still does it. Um, and he was like, well, what about cheat meals? And um, I try to. Pretty much like what what you just said, like like not necessarily have a cheat meal, but have a treat meal. Yeah. So you know, spend a little bit extra money. Like I'll tell people, like you know, go like this is a couple of really good butchers. So if you're following a ketogenic diet and you're into that, like um you know like grass fed and um grass finished meat and stuff, like there's a great butcher on Staten Island that does grass fed grass finished meat. So go get a tomahawk steak. You know, like cook it, cook it on a cast iron pan, saute a little bit of garlic and some butter, pour some garlic butter on top of that bitch, you know, make like a nice side or something. If you're going to like really go off, you know, do do some of that sweet potato stuff I'm talking about, like cook a nice meal, do it with somebody, you know, do it with a friend, do it with somebody. But is that you, bad though? Isn't that. that go with the whole mantra of the ketogenic diet that you're doing though? I mean, if your goal is to stay in ketosis and become fat adapted, that's not something you'd want to do within the first couple of weeks is necessarily throw down sweet potatoes. But, um, if if it's something you've been doing a while and, and like that's that that's that's a tough thing as as like I'm I'm not a keto purist meaning like I'm not always in ketosis 24/7 um right now I am just because I took exogenous ketones an hour ago like that's <laughs> the only reason I'm in ketosis otherwise last night I had quinoa for dinner you know I had quinoa and steak um so yeah if somebody's trying to become fat adapted no that's not something I recommend but um you know we're also in the middle of this culture as well that it's it of the the cheat meal culture as well yeah where now it's like let me engorge myself in this bullshit because i'm gonna work out and do all the stuff that i need to later yeah i mean that's not the worst thing i mean you know i'll definitely um i try to anyway like if i'm gonna go off the rails if like i'm gonna um you know if i'm going out to dinner with friends or or dina and i'm I'm, I'm being questionable food if it's you know whatever whatever the occasion may be I'll try to get an extra hard workout in that morning. So whether it's like a high, like whether I'm, I'm lifting crazy amounts of weight, so I do like a, a five or six mile run or do hill sprints or something, something to really, you know, kind of negate those those negative effects you're going to get from overindulging in some bullshit. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely something people, that's like the first question people ask when they're on a diet. And it's like, well, how serious are you really? Because like you said earlier, man, lifestyle over diet every time, if you can. Well, that's, what had happened from my from my 195 to my 152 like i cut out a lot of the nonsense you know and that was working with with vin and making sure that i was getting my my cardio up and i was running and i was jump roping and you know i was doing what i was supposed to be doing i wasn't really right. touching weights and, you know then i started working out with you and we were doing all that and 
and even to now what has come to with me back at a regular clang and bang gym, just trying to get some size up again, because I understand it's sure. like, it doesn't come like the power comes from the hips and within with all this stuff, but you got to go there and make sure like you got a little meat on your bones. So you're not breaking, your, sure. you know, your shit. But like, from what I've seen, it's like, it comes down to a, what you're comfortable with, b what you can handle and see how much knowledge and education you're going to have in this. Right. And then, not having a ton of guilt when you want to go off the beaten path, let's say six months in. I think everybody should be strict with something for six straight months because right then and there, it sets a tone, it sets a temperament, and it sets a routine. So it puts your body into, I got to get up, I got to do this, then I got to eat this, then I got to do this, this, and then I can eat again. So you have to have some type of Six months is tough. But to me, that's how I feel. And that, well, that's like, good. That's worked, because you're disciplined. But it worked for me, you right. know. That's because you're disciplined. But even getting up and going to going to the gym and doing what we were doing, it it was a discipline that I knew I had to set forth for myself. Right. So I knew because I lacked that. That was one of the major things that, besides this inane fear that I had about anybody physically touching me because I broke my arm the way I broke my arm because I was I was sparring in karate and I landed the wrong way and I broke my arm. So I was like, I don't trust this. I had no structure and routine other than I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to I'm going to go to work or I'm going to podcast or I'm going to make music. That was right. the only structure I had. So anything else, I'd wake up when I want, I'd go to bed when I want, work out at any time, eat at a specific time, whatever. So I was like, all right, let me really start to formulate a routine. You know, yeah. that was the the structure that I feel that I needed. I'm not saying anybody listening to this, oh, you got to do this for six months. No, but you need some type of routine and you need some type of structure to push you forward, to keep going, to be like, oh, wow, this is what I did in six months. Yo, I look good. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go another six months. Let me incorporate, maybe I can incorporate this. Let me see a a trainer like yourself. Let me see another, you know, maybe I'll do yoga. Maybe I'll do Muay Thai. Maybe I'll do Krav Maga, whatever. Yeah. It's some, something that tickles your pickle fitness-wise. But yeah. that, but you have to – I think you have to have that foundation which starts in six months. Yeah. I think that. But then again, what do I know? No, it's good, man. I wrote about that not too long ago. It was, it was another thing I posted um, um, just about finding something you love and trying different things. So for some people, that's CrossFit. Some people, that's yoga. Some people that's training to run a marathon, mm-hmm. they, they want to chase that goal a year from now and they need to train for it now. Some people, it's the dream of fighting an MMA fight or uh, the dream of, you know, having a six pack and being able to take that after pick, whatever the fuck it is. And um, that's that's something worth chasing, man. It's always about the after pick for the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. I got I have, my pictures are before, after, a little bit after that, before again, after again. I've done so many different little... I mean, brother, the next big pick is going to be you in a tux. Yeah, man. That's yeah. that. We got engagement pictures coming up, man. How are you feeling about that? Dude, I feel great, man. I, I feel really... um, You know, we got engaged. It was awesome. It's was, it was hands down one of the best nights of my life. And I'm See, sure tell me about that thing. because I, I don't know if I'm emotionally stunted with the dating scene right now. <laughs> I was telling you. You know, it's just... It's rough right now. You know what I mean? To find commonalities with it because... I feel we're in this culture where ghosting is just cool and there's no respect and there's none of that. Like even when you want to even 
slide into a girl's DM because it's all it's all Bumble now. You know what I mean? Especially my schedule is fucking crazy. Yeah. So it's like if I see a cute girl on Instagram, I'm gonna look into a page, and if I see something, just one little commonality, I'm gonna be like, okay, maybe I'll I'll see if we have mutual friends or whatever. Case in point, you knew somebody that I knew that I thought was cute, and I wanted to follow up. So you were like, yeah, go for it. You know, this is what you should do. I'll put in work for you. So whatever I did, and you know, they told me that they were seeing somebody. So it is what it is. But the sheer fact of the matter is, is like, like the whole dating culture in general right now is just draining. It's a, it, yeah. it's a, and especially when you get, when you're, I'm gonna be 36, bro. It's a, it's a thin pool, dude. It's a thin pool, man. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like, well, it's like that scene out of My Cousin Vinny where if you get with a cool chick, then she, instead of moving like, like slow and, you know, you gotta speed it up because the biological clock is ticking. <laughs> you know, it, it's, so it's yeah. things of that age. Or if you date somebody too young, let's say like anywhere from 22 to about 25. The things that you did when you were 25, they're starting to experience and you don't want to do that. Yeah. Like going to bars and clubs and staying out all night. Sure. It, it's it's one of those things. Like I don't want to do that. And so like how is it having a significant other who's almost equal in your age and you're moving towards like the same goal? Like that's the thing that I am having a hard time processing is like the whole dating culture now. Well, so I, I don't know too much about it about it now. I, I met Dina a bunch of years ago yeah. um, through a friend. Okay. I met her at a, a – I think we were like 24 or something. Like I went to a house party and we were playing beer pong in the backyard. I first met her there. Um, <laughs> thought she was hot. Didn't talk to her because I was nervous. I was like, I got no shot with that girl. You were Chunky J. Um, I, yeah, I was probably just done being Chunky J. Like I was probably like not, – not like – big you know but like still big not not in shape like you know chiseled like, out like of stone it. now pal <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i seen her a couple months later at um at some bar or something said hello she remembered me i remembered her cool seen her a couple months later um i met her um february 13th uh 2013 i seen her at um at a a bar out in manhattan this place called slate so i seen her we met um we were talking, we were hanging out, went outside, we were smoking a cigarette or whatever. And um, we, we just kind of clicked. Uh, funny story from when we first met, I offered to drive her home that night because we'd been flirting all night and stuff. Walked around the block, my car was gone. Got a tow that I parked in, no no parking zone. So lost that. She went on an Uber, was like, ah, oh, fuck, like, I, that didn't go well. I ended up getting her number, so we went on a, a date and... You know, I always joke around. I, I've been living here for about, in, in this apartment for about five or six years. And I always joke with her that we went on our first date. She came here and moved in that night because we ended up, I texted her and I was like, you know, like, do you want to, do you want to hang out? Do you want to do something today? It was um, uh, Memorial Day okay. a bunch of years ago, 2013, whatever it was. I said, you want to hang out? You want to do something? She said, yeah, yeah, I have to go to the mall. I have to return something. I'm like, oh shit, cool. I'm like, you want me to roll with you? She's like, yeah, okay. So I went to go pick her up, went to the mall, went to Miller's Ale House over there. She got chicken fingers. I got buffalo shrimp, had a couple drinks. I had to go food shopping. So I went on an errand with her. I said, you got to come on an errand with me. I got to go food shopping. I went to Pathmark at the time, which is gone now. Went to Pathmark, got a bunch of groceries. Said, I got to drop these off at home. Trying to be sneaky, sneaky. You want to come back home? She's like, yeah, okay. Uh. Um, she ended up coming over. My sneaky sneaky didn't work, but I still got over here. We hung out. 
<laughs> watched the movies, hung out one night. And she never and, loved. Um, yeah, no, we had such a great time. That's man. awesome, man. Um, That's just like a fun, like date. It it was cool, man. Uh, um, it was really cool. And then um, we ended up um, yeah, we started dating, man. Fell in love the whole night. I I met her family, fell in love with them. She met my family, fell in love with them. And then um, yeah, about a two months ago, uh, they asked to marry me, and it was it was awesome. When when I actually got engaged, I had planned out a night um in Hoboken at a uh, Pier Thirteen. I don't know if you've ever been there. You've heard of yeah. it. Pretty cool. So it overlooks Manhattan. Um, I went out there with a buddy. I was I, I met the manager out there. I met the event coordinator, whatever, whatever. Said, met this girl a bunch of years ago. I love her. I want to propose to her. I want to do it here. So they're like, yeah, no problem. Like, you know, we'll set it up. We'll set you guys up over here. We'll block this area off. We'll tell it. And I, I wanted to invite the family. So I say, you know, yeah, our families are going to be here and all of our friends and whatnot. So, you know, I, I want you guys to lead them over here and to say, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I went through the whole thing. And um, I saw the week of her birthday. It was her 30th birthday. It was on a Friday. The week of, I'm checking the weather, checking the weather, checking the weather. By Thursday, 95% chance of rain. 20 mile per hour winds, disaster. This is at a pier outside overlooking Manhattan. It's right on the water right at the end. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. So I'm sweating and panicking. Um, I'm calling people, asking advice, thinking of ideas, thinking about calling the whole thing off, thinking about having having everyone there in a thunderstorm, fucking hurricane anyway. Didn't know what to do. Um, got lucky, went to the stone house in Clove Lakes over there. Went there Went there in the morning. It's a little dude watering the plants. Anybody I can talk to about blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to bring some people here tomorrow. I've got this thing going on. Like, oh, I no, nobody here for an hour. But tomorrow, very busy. A lot of parties tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. You need to book this place years in advance for an engagement party, a wedding, a, a birthday, whatever the fuck. I'm like, I got no shot. Ended up going back anyway because it's fucking gorgeous there. So went back. There were two girls working, a waitress and a, a event planner, hostess, whatever she was. And, um, you know, so I went in hat in my hand told him this sad story about a girl i fell in love with that i'm supposed to propose to they're like oh my god yeah we'll set this up in the back like yeah we'll, we'll you know we have parties in the morning but we'll have it cleared out by so-and-so time and do you guys want to eat dinner here too you want to make a reservation yeah, okay cool like yeah yeah so we'll sit you guys over here so no one sees it yeah, blah 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 and um that's how that worked out and um they were it couldn't have worked out better literally could it, impossible for it to have worked out better um she said yes. It was hysterical. And, I would hope. Uh, yeah, it it was funny, man. She actually said, "Shut the fuck up." Was what she <laughs> said. Um, screamed it at the top of her lungs. It's fucking awesome. Um, both of all, you know, both of our families were there. Small handful of people got some really good pictures and whatnot. And um, now it's kind of like the honeymoon phase after that, man. Everyone's asking, like, "Oh, have you guys had a date? Yet? Have you done anything?" Like, nah. nah you'll figure all that out. Well, yeah, we're chilling, man. So when did you know you were ready? Um. That's the important thing. I always want to know that. Like, when did you know that this was the girl that you wanted to spend your rest of your life with? I don't know if there was a moment, you know. Um, I think it was. It was probably when I started feeling like, and not too long into relationship or anything, but I started feeling like, like really, truly, and and raw that the best part of my days were the parts that she was a part of. So. You know, even if I had like an awesome day here or there or whatever, the best part would still be, you know, telling her and sharing that happiness with her and vice versa and hearing her successes and her happinesses and things happening with her that that was awesome and, and getting to share that happiness. And we had all these like, you know, little quirky things, man, like um, our, our, you know, our coffee in the morning, for example, is like a fucking like it's like a uh, like a 
a holy sacrament here. You know, we take that shit seriously, man. We have so much fun, like, coming up with different coffee concoctions and cooking together. And um, she's really helped me a lot with this whole um, this whole venture I'm on. Because all these little things I'm doing, this podcast and, you know, the blog. And it, it's all because I love it. But I really believe in my heart of hearts that it's all for a bigger purpose. And I don't know what that is yet. But she's constantly my rock and kind of discovering that bigger purpose. And I hope to be the same for her. So there's never really a moment. But um, there was definitely um, a realization that, like, you're fucking awesome. Like, this is definitely cool. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't know if there was a moment. We just we get along real good. You know, she this used to be a total bachelor pad, man. There was, like, you know, posters all over the walls and stuff. And she moved in and she made a beautiful home out of, uh, you know, it was once animal house so it's uh it's just whatever you know what you just did mm. heart and tone oh cool yeah there you go sweet there you go lesson learned yeah boom heart and tone <laughs> good shit man i'm gonna have to listen to that over and try to replicate that every time <laughs> it's just being genuine man that's it yeah and you guys got a cute relationship she's cute you guys just have good vibes very warm very welcoming for me coming here and kicking it so thanks man you know Come a long way from uh, every night drive, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you too, bro. You look Thank great. You. We're going to get you to steak one day. One day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one day. Did, did you cover everything you wanted to talk to me about on your little show liner notes? I did, man. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, we actually got it done real quick and everything else was just awesomeness, man. Good, good. I'm glad. So people who, uh, who love you and want to hear this, uh, where could they find you? All right, um, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. I have not one, not two, but three podcasts. Two podcasts have been in the uh, – one podcast called WrestleRap has been number one on iTunes Top 200 in music. If you like professional wrestling from WWE all the way to New Japan and even some of the indie stuff, hey – Listen to it. It's W-R-A-S-S-L-E-R-A-P. And we also talk about hip-hop. So it's the best of both worlds. It's my two loves. It's my two passions. It's the two things I get paid to do. Um, The second podcast is called Pop Culture Man Children. It's about the world of comic books, geek culture, movies, whatever. It's me and my buddy Mike Bongiorno. He's a professor at three esteemed universities within New York City. And we talk about the world of pop culture and just our lives, whether it's toys, whether it's vegetarianism, whether it's movies, whatever. Like we literally talked about Burt Reynolds' chest hair, RIP in one episode. <laughs> so it's a whole bunch of things. But we, we break it down kinda in a, you know, real nerdy, like, you know, educational standpoint of like, you know, talking about Marshall McLuhan, Stuart Hall uh, Marshall McLuhan, Stuart Hall, Michelle Michelle Foucault, like all these other like weird things like that. So you could do that. And then the third is called the Emilio Sparks experience, which is just me talking about my life and I'm trying to hit up a couple of ex-girlfriends to interview them to figure out what went wrong. (laughs) So yeah, because I'm on this whole Uh, self-awareness, self-enlightenment thing where I feel like I, if I change a couple of things that maybe I don't see that they saw, well then maybe one day I will go to the stone house to say, Hey, listen, I, had tremendous hurricane winds at this thing. <laughs> I need to propose to, to my woman. My friend took your photos too, by the way. 
Amanda. Yeah, she's a great girl. Yeah, she's man. awesome. Man. Yeah, Shout she, out to Ailey. She's doing our uh, our engagement pictures too with the next. You are weeks. in good hands, pal. Yeah, she is fantastic. Yeah, her and her husband do some dynamite work. Amen. So yeah, man, they're good at that. But uh, yeah, so you can find me there. So yeah, Twitter, Instagram, at Emilio Sparks. Just say hi. Say hi. That's the important thing. But what about you? Where do they where do they find all this? Oh, uh, they'll know. Oh, so you do an intro and an outro. Oh, yeah. look at you. You're like a <laughs> you got it. You have you got the formula. Yeah. So this is like the meat in in the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. Look at the, you know yeah. what you're doing. You, okay. you didn't need advice from me. I did. I did, man. You didn't. Well, it it, it helped. Okay, good. But it you know what you're doing. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Oh, man, thank you. All right.